0: Welcome to 54 Live. This is your Live Golf Podcast. I am your host, Jake. You may be asking yourself, where's Digsy at? Why would he normally not be? Why is he normally the person doing this? Why are you even here? Why are we all here? This is the real question, you guys. I am actually, today, we are having a little bit of a different show. Digsy, if you don't know, he is a, a hockey fan, and, well, he decided that today was the day that he has to run the fate against somebody at a hockey game. Thankfully, it's a hockey game, so whenever there's a fight at the hockey game that's not on the on the on the ice rink, they don't actually record the fights so everybody can go out go home and not go to prison. But because of that, we had to pull the big boy pants up and by big boy pants I had to bring in my friend Big Boy Pants. Big boy pants say hello. What up, y'all? Digsy 2.0 here, YouTube's <laughs> hottest
1: golf channel. Digsy, you ice that neck, you you clean up those paws,
0: because I know they're all scarred up now, because you, when you're banging in the streets, these things happen. Banging on the streets, banging on the tweets, man. That's how you do it, right? No, Diggsie, get get healthy and make sure that you shoot at least at least 86 in Pinehurst in one of the courses. I'm pumped for you. He's going to have a great week. Uh, that's why he has to ice the neck down because whenever you're getting ready to go play some serious golf, you have to go ahead and have some serious neck game. If your neck Remember game- this, Digsy. Diggsie. Diggsie if you ever feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Keep drinking the whole time, bro. Mm. That's, that's, that's real talk right there. Because once you feel it, you've already felt it. It's, it's over at that point. So wish him some luck down there. Um, we're going to place bets on Twitter about what he's going to be shooting on those courses. I think he's playing six different Pine Horse courses whenever he's down there. So while we're watching the PGA Championship, he'll be watching for his ball to not go on the rough. It'll be fun.
1: Jake, I just wanted to throw this out there for all the Big Boy Pants Golf folks. It is an honor and a pleasure to be on Apple Podcast 52nd Most Popular Golf Podcast. Thank
0: you so much. No, it's a blast. Guys, if you have not ever watched anything from Big Boy Pants Golf, he has a great YouTube channel. It's a lively up place. I'm actually going to be on there pretty soon. And we, you know, we, we're just having fun. It's a it's a good It's a great channel with uh, a lot of hot spicy topics because it's a YouTube cut It can be out there a whole lot more quicker than a lot of other things out there. And you know what? Golf is important to have all kinds of things covered and as we've learned the media is not necessarily going to be biased uh, toward a favorable outlook on things like live or on out uh, things like just real general journalism uh, we're just we're seeing a A diamond in the rough cut trying to, you know, keep certain things afloat and keep certain status quo in place. And Big Boy Pants is a part of helping break that up. So please make sure to go follow him. We will be posting links to his channel. And he is an absolute beast. So enjoy his stuff as well, please. This is a cooperative effort and the conversation only gets better when you're involved, right? Word. Word. (laughs) (laughs) So live Tulsa. It is over. Right, oh my gosh, please tell me you were watching that that uh that playoff with with at least you know two pairs of pants on because holy cow was it a- was' it a nail biter. I had to change my
1: shorts out after, after d j made the putt on the eighteenth to get in the playoff
0: it It was pretty crazy, man. It was pretty crazy that absolutely was just insane because all three of them had the same ten foot putt they all had the same ten foot putt it was i did not expect. I thought it was going to go to at least one extra hole. I figured Cam would make it. I didn't think Brandon would make it, but I figured – I knew DJ would make it. But to see two of them miss and just to end on that first hole, man, DJ is just getting lucky on these playoffs, isn't he? Well, you got DJ
1: and Cam who are obviously live royalty, but you got also a guy named Brandon Grace who shows up at live now. He's already won before. He could have won this week. I mean, he, this guy's an absolute beast on the lift tour. I put him up there in the category of like, let's say Charles Howell III, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, get, and he, getting a second wind. And, and, and the cool thing about him is that he's a lot like, you're right. Charles Howell III He's a player who had a, had a had large name value. Didn't quite get the majors that he won. Right. But at the same time, at the same time, this guy was constantly performing well in every single tour event that he played on throughout his career outside of of live golf and finally live golf gave him the opportunity to really spotlight he honestly should have won bangkok last year if you remember he pulled out in bangkok He, he was actually in the lead going into uh i think the middle of the second round whenever he had that abdominal issue which was partially dehydration partially uh you know uh travel situations and diet issues i mean it was a mixture of many things that led to him having to pull out of that event and he's, a, he's somebody that I expect to see a uh, you know, win in the near future. And for him to be up there, super cool. Super, super cool.
1: The Bangkok sun cost him millions of dollars because it dropped his ranking in the overall points list last year, remember? That's right. Holy so cow, he, was, right. he was in the heat of the moment. He was right in the thick of things. He could have won it. And then, boom, it's you know 115% humidity, 100-degree Bangkok heat. You don't get the salt right. You cramp up. You pull something, game over, cost them millions.
0: Well, you remember if you remember watching that uh, the Bubba was doing interviews with the guys during like the mid game or whatever when they had like a rain delay on Sunday, and you see just uh, nobody wants to talk to him, and Harold Warner III is like scarfing a sandwich down because he's just like, like dude, I'm I'm worn out, like get away from me, I'm eating my sandwich. <laughs> That's exactly what was going on. Well, it's awesome because HV3 is
1: also one of these guys whose game has steadily risen. He's yeah. there every week. I mean, who knows what's going to happen this upcoming week.
0: Well, you know, even crazier than that, I mean, Big Boy, what we're talking about, he has pretty much counted in every single round for the Range Goats. So shout out to HV3. I think at this point you have to mark him as one of the most valuable players on tour for their, their individual team. Um, who could you think of that's actually more valuable at this point? I mean, remember, if you're counting every single round, that means that you're doing something right. Correct. Oh, 100%. But now, for me,
1: you've got to think of a guy like Charlie uh, Charles Howell III, obviously, because he yes. flat-out won. And then the following week, he's doing pretty well, too. Yeah. So, to me, it's a guy who comes out of kind of the middle of the pack, and you don't expect that much from. And also, because also, CH3 is in his 40s.
0: Well, and I think that CH3 is... If you guys uh, were at Tulsa, by the way, CH3, and we need to have a talk, bro, because you almost hit me on your on your on the first shot of the day into into the green on the birdie shack. I was sitting there just minding my own business, getting ready to set up shop, debating whether I was going to follow your group or not, because I love you, man. But you 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 got three feet from hitting me. If you guys saw on, on, my, on our Twitter feed, it was. It's pretty crazy. I, was just, I wasn't just—I was angry, but I was just like, man, I knew this was going to happen. Because they had me 20 feet from the pin. They had me 20 feet from the pin in the, in the birdie shack. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> he wouldn't have done it if he didn't
1: care. And oh, the yeah. best thing about CH3, and I know you're a scratch golfer, but how Liv puts out these you know, post-round instructional videos, and you're getting yeah. these tips, CH3 pops up. And he's actually popping up on Instagram a lot. He's teaching
0: me how to swing a golf club. I've been swinging a golf club wrong my whole life. One thing I love about him also, he's dedicated, consistent and dedicated. He actually was the first person on the range on, on Saturday. First person on the range out there about 25 to 30 minutes before anybody else. And so that's pretty impressive to me. It's one thing to be on the range after the round when you're trying to work out your post-round demons or maybe that that that, that pre-workout that you took on number 10 it isn't out of your system yet. Bryson. <laughs> but uh, but but at the same time, you know he's out there working his butt off. And guys, I had a blast at Tulsa. If you guys get a chance to, you gotta get out there. You gotta get out there to an event. Uh, Big boy was at Tucson. He understands as well. Like it's so much more than a golf tournament, isn't it? Jake, wouldn't you also agree? Wear the proper headwear. Oh, that too. God. Did you Did you get a little sunburn? Oh, uh, I uh, I thankfully have tanned quite a bit beforehand. But yeah, I was. I had to be very careful because, uh, you know, they only let you take in like a small amount of stuff. So, you know, unless you got a soccer mom nearby you, which I couldn't find any soccer moms in the birdie shack, so I could not find me any sunscreen. But yes, wear the proper, proper headgear. And if you don't have the proper headgear, stop in the merch shop, pick up your favorite team hat.
1: That's well, I- that's, that's a little weird because I had soccer moms that live Tucson feeding me Rice Krispie treats. Dude, dude. what? The- yeah, I know. I, I worked that magic. I didn't even use my hands. They oh. were actually, yeah, I oh. was chewing them down. I was chewing, help with the sunburn a little bit, but not perfect, but I rock, I'm now rocking a Titleist floppy hat with a soft back in the back. Uh-huh. Never, best hat out there, dude. That Game changer. A good hat.
0: So I, I was intentional and didn't bring a hat to live because uh, I wanted to pick up a hat right from the get go from the shop which smart of me because the they only put out x number of merch per day so that way you know they don't want to sell out of. Mer- yeah it'd be cool if they sold out all the merch on day one but they don't want to do that because then you're just screwing the people on day two because remember you can't really buy their merch outside of the the, the events yet so i like that anyway i went by, picked up a, a majestics hat wore that all day uh but yeah it was it dude it's it's insane how how much fun it is out there it really is Here's a quick question for you on the merch. Mm-hmm. Do you like this current live
1: strategy where you have to go to an event to get it? Or would you like to see them a little bit more available on Amazon, let's say, so you, you can get official merch, you, you, you know, basically
0: do the marketing for them when you're walking around to let them know you know what's up? I, I there's positives and negatives of this, right? When, when, it, when, you, when you have to go to the event to get the merch, the team merch, like I guarantee you because of how they do that, Next in like five years, that season one uh, purple and uh, orange high flyers hat is going to be worth some money if you have one of those. Because uh, remember that was their logo, but last year those purple and orange, and they only sold it at the event. They were one of the only teams that actually had merch last season. Um, but so I, I kind of like it because it makes things a little bit more, a little bit more scarce. They have a little bit more quality control out there. Um, they're already doing so much when it comes to infrastructure. That it does make it a little bit easier to manage, but you're right. I, I would like to see in the future like a team website, a team dedicated website, to where I can go to Majestics.com or whatever, and and get you know my Ian Poulter socks if I really wanted to. I mean, I, I don't I don't like flashy socks, but uh, you know you know what I'm saying. Like it, it, I think it's there's positives and negatives of that. There really is. Well, I
1: just think now if they kind of started f- not flooding the market but giving other people more opportunity, then you're just gonna see how many people truly
0: love live that'd be a good point um also it would be a great idea to to open that up simply because what if all of a sudden they'd open this up and they find out that there are twenty thousand orders to seattle washington right then you want to have a tournament in seattle washington right so this gives you an opportunity into intermarket research without actually having to put boots on the ground and and like go okay well, we don't know about this. There's a we can go to Tulsa. Do we know anything about Tulsa? Which you know, I was talking to somebody who was in broadcasting. Uh, I had a friend on the inside who helped me get into the event, and I appreciate you so much for doing that. It was awesome. awesome. But it, you know, we were talking, and he was and he was initially kind of confused or concerned about, hey, you know, there's not much golf professional experience in here outside of a major championship. Which a major championship, regardless of where it's at, they can put it in the middle of the woods. Um, in in LS uh, in uh, Canada, and it's still going to be a big big deal, right? Um, they're still going to have a huge influx of people. So, but, but to have just a regular live event uh, at, at Tulsa, it kind of you know confused them at first. And same thing with with Tucson because they're not known directly for the main product there. But the more that they've done this, the more that they understand and they talked about this that it's about just getting on the ground where people haven't been fed for a long time. And Oklahoma was starving. Literally starving, but you know what? You were able to feast on three 61s. Yes, that was crazy, man. Uh, So there was two 61s, guys, on Sunday. So if you don't know 61, 61 is a 900 par on that course. And just to shoot that is just Everything has to go right. I mean, Harold Varner, you see, you see that shot on number nine, a uh, second shot on number nine on Sunday. Holy yes, cow. from behind a tent, behind a tent, no view of the green, and he hits it. He almost made it. That was crazy. Um, Cam Cam Smith, you know, he comes back from the the rain delay and hits like five what five birdies and six holes to put him in the playoff. Instantly. Well, what's weird about that is right after that delay, it seemed like DJ's game was leaving him. What it, it did it did it felt That's the that's what's amazing to me about DJ DJ is He has he has a superpower, right? And that superpower is that he has no memory uh, It's uh, my, my dad used to joke about this And I never really understood it until I watched this event and really watched it and I was like wow He really is able to just wipe that slate clean Maddie wolf have a having a seven that takes him out of the lead and Matty Wolf's breaking three clubs and hitting and, and hitting nine over par the rest of the, the way in the round. And might have a bad year after that. And might have a bad year after that. Exactly. And that's no hate against Matty Wolf. I love Matty Wolf. He, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Pat Perez has a seven on a hole. Pat Perez uh, ends up, you know, uh, breaking three three clubs and and you know cussing out the entire camera staff. Bubba Watson. We saw him lose it on Alf. If you didn't see it. I think I was like hole number twelve. Hole number twelve. He's hitting a second shot, and Alf flies back uh, near him and like throws him off because you know th- those drones make make a weird noise, and uh, he starts cussing out the drone on television. <laughs> so, DJ for him to just have the memory that he has, where he just completely blanks out and just forgets about it, throws it away, gone. Oh, I had a seven on a hole. Cool, it's gone. That's impressive. That's- I mean, you
1: got live Tulsa, mm-hmm. For Live fans. And for everyone producing this could you have had a better ending than having DJ and Cam
0: in this playoff with obviously Brandon Grace no you couldn't I mean the only other way that it could possibly get better is if you either had Taylor Gooch up there with them or you had Brooks Kepka making two more putts and being up there uh, this is prime time what what Live Golf wanted they wanted the DJ versus Cam showdown they wanted that and they got it, and it 's just so cool it 's so cool to see the results getting where where they want you know we had We had these guys finally hitting mid season form you know it was a little weird when the season started off to see d j wasn 't playing bad he wasn 't shooting five over par every round, but he he was definitely not you know threatening leaderboards
1: and oh hadn't. for the first yeah for the first few you had. You know, it was you have Danny Lee winning, mm-hmm. and no, no knock on him or Ch3, but you, these weren't the stars. These weren't these weren't the guys they paid the big money to bring over.
0: Right, right. They weren't. They weren't. Obviously, it's good to have those guys win, but uh, as Dixie said in a few episodes back, you know, they weren't the ones that that bring the headlines. But at the same time, it's about building the product, about building the brand. And when you see that there is parity in your league, when you see that there are multiple players able to able to win and are winning, that's a huge thing. But we saw Dustin Johnson pull it home. I'm I'm just happy for for the event in general. I'm happy for Dustin Johnson because he looks like he's about ready to to do some stuff. You know, he's feeling healthy again. Which, if you don't remember, he pulled out of of the Saudi Arabia event at the start of the year, and it's just super cool to see him fit healthy and confident with his putting stroke.
1: Now, you mentioned Gooch as he kind of had an off week this week. He's won back-to-back. Then he he doesn't have a good week this week. How does this set him up for the PGA Championship? Are you buying or selling on Taylor Gooch? Man, that's tough
0: to do. I, I, I honestly, I'm still, I'm holding. I'm holding on Taylor Gooch right now. If we're buying and selling, I'm holding. And here's the reason why. You know, Gooch had a rough week. Uh, I think he was finished in like, the 30th, the 30 places, right? Somewhere in the 30s. Right. Um, which it gets confusing to look it up later on on the point scale because uh, they have something off screen that they don't tell you about that they're able, to, they're able to actually sort and rank the players. Like, let's say 10 players finish at 10 under par. They're still able to sort them from 11 to 20 and points them accordingly. I don't know the exact qualifiers for that, but they do points them individually. They don't just go 10. Everybody at 10 under gets, you know, the 10th place points. They don't do that. Um, But Taylor Gooch, remember, he was hosting this event, essentially. He's the only... There were six players that had college roots in Oklahoma, but Taylor Gooch is the only born Oklahoman. He's the only player that lives in Oklahoma or lived in Oklahoma prior to college. So this was his event. This really was his event. And you felt it. They had Range Goat-specific stuff. They had way more Range Goat merch on camp. But, you know... When you're hosting an event, are you focused on on your game or are you focused on the event? He's focused on hosting,
1: obviously. And for me personally, I think it's actually a good thing that he had a little bit of an off week, gets the reset button and he goes in fresh for the next week. We can see he knows how to win because he's shooting crazy numbers in Australia. He won, you know, he's winning back to back on the live golf tour. Um, I think actually, if anything, one kind of a lull, if you will, gets him ready to be peak Taylor Gooch next week.
0: I think you're right, with that, I mean, because not only that, but like, if you go three weeks in a row, or let's say he gets really into it and ends up finishing one or two off the playoff, I don't think he feels as good going into this week as he would if he just had a bad week like he did, where he's not in contention, he's not in the conversation. He knows why he wasn't in the conversation because again, he was dealing with you know everything else. He was hosting an event on Sunday before. He hosted a benefit on Monday. Hosted a benefit on Tuesday. He hosted, I think, or was a part of at least seven different things this past week. Uh, But, you know, the week and a half while he was at Tulsa. And it's just crazy how involved he was. And I'm so thankful for him for making the extra effort. But I knew it was going to take away from his golf game. The same with Phil on his Twitter war, you know?
1: Right, but, you know, with with Taylor, the fact that he... You know, he got this out of his system. If any time, for example, you're hosting a party, you never have as much fun as if you're just enjoying the party. Absolutely. So he had had the duties here. He fulfilled them. You know, his game's still sharp enough. He's not going to completely lose his game from a few weeks ago. He's fired up for the PGA.
0: I think so. And and he knows this is important for him. So if you guys don't understand, uh, the PGA he has qualified for. But... He needs to play really, really good golf to be able to qualify for the U.S. Open because of Mike Wan being a uh, a wanny baby. Is that fair to say? How about a wanker ooh, for the U.K. Ooh. people for our U.K. Wank- friends out there? A yeah. wanker, a wanker, or wonker. Uh, Whatever. What's, yeah. what's the term for our Aussie friends? Uh, a ripe git. Is that what is that what it is? They, they use that word in uh, in Harry Potter sometimes. You are ripe git, Ron. I mean, I'm not. That's, 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 that's England still, so I guess that's not going to work out very well. Uh, pardon my Australian friends for not knowing an insulting way to say, say Mike Wan. But if you guys don't know, Mike Wan is the uh, head of the US, USGA, which puts on the US Open. They retroactively did things to keep him out of the game, or uh, at least temporarily. If Gooch does not finish high enough at the PGA, he will not have the, uh, the ranking points to be able to secure himself a spot in the, in the US Open. So um, we're keeping an eye on Gooch Watch. <laughs> it's really a shame what Juan has done to change the
1: add an extra word or two. I think it was you had to qualify and now you had to be not only just qualify but also be eligible. I think right. that was the, the word. So now because obviously because of the lawsuit and had going to, to live, he was no longer eligible, so
0: they removed his US Open, you know, qualification. And it's really wacky to me because it's just in anything, you always do it forward, forward progress with grandfather clauses in. And yet they didn't do it with this. You know, there's there was there wasn't a grandfather clause, which is just very weird. That's that's not how you do things. You do it. Unprecedented. Un- un- almost
1: almost a breach of contract. Very much. That so. kind of that kind of a feel where here that here are the, this, the rules and the stipulations and he's fulfilled them. And now you added some more and now you want to, you know, change how the game is being played. It's, it's but it's very yeah. odd.
0: It's very odd. I, I hope that they I hope that he has to eat his words. I hope that Gooch qualifies, and then I hope that Gooch just on day one just goes in and hands him his bag tag. <laughs> That's well. What what's I want. what's amazing is how personal Phil Mickelson has taken this all, firing off on
1: Twitter, getting in Mike Wan's Twitter space.
0: Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Phil Mickelson realizes that he is his value to Live Golf and value to the golf world right now. He's still a great player. He can still get it up for certain events. We saw it at the Masters, right? But I think that he realizes that his value to the game is right now more as an ambassador and less as a champion. Is that fair? A hundred percent. But that's,
1: I mean, it's it's amazing because we think of this guy on some level, he's in his fifties, right. but I bet if you did that, you know, that there's that guy out there, Brian Johnson. He's done this type of you know, protocol where now apparently he's de his body seven years. He's famous for this now. So if you look up Brian Johnson, it's the guy, he doesn't look healthy, but according to himself, his organs are like the organs of an 18-year-old. I personally... Like Liver, like liver King? Well, the opposite of Liver King because oh, okay. I'm sure his organs are probably like 70-year-old people organs. Okay. Whereas Phil Mickelson, with all his pliability training, yeah, he's in his early 50s. I'd
0: say he's probably closer to 37. Well, he, he did the right move by dropping weight. Um, one of the best things that you can do for your body, just for long-term health, especially if you're now obviously if you're already in, in physical fitness, it, it, losing weight's not a good idea. But you know, so many of us Americans, and especially people in in the in the techy world, in the tech world, um, you know, don't aren't exactly in the best of, best of weight class. I know for myself, at, you know, at one point at one point I was two hundred forty pounds, and that was bad for my body. Phil, I, I've dropped, I dropped the weight. Phil dropped the weight, and, and it, it makes a huge difference in what you're able to do, but also just allowing yourself to do it longer. What you are doing, and we're seeing that, Phil. How much do you weigh now? I weigh 190. That's insane because I've gone from
1: 212 to 195, just basically doing that intermittent fasting,
0: cutting out breakfast. Gotcha. So mine was uh, like six years ago. I was I was that heavy. And I just kind of transitioned over time and, and transitioned down. 190 uh, is a little heavy for me most days, but yeah, I mean that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at, and it's a healthy 190, and I, I'm very appreciative of it because it gives me plenty of power without having to you know basically be um, you know you know a, a larger man. Um, you know, it's very helpful.
1: You can lose too much weight in golf. Remember John yes, Daly getting the lap band, oh, and yeah. all of a sudden he all of a sudden he couldn't hit his five iron 180 yards
0: yeah and i mean when you're when you're in your late 40s or 50s you have to be mindful of these things and i think that phil made the right body move for him long term remember phil Mickelson's was six foot three so he can he can be stringier he doesn't have to have a bunch of muscle and still be able to hit the ball far when you when you see these guys some people get freaked out and go well these guys are hitting 340 yards i can't do that well of course not you're five foot six you're five foot seven you're five foot eight you know, yeah, Dustin Johnson's six six. He's gonna hit the ball farther than you. You know, if he doesn't, we need to have a serious talk about what you're doing right and he's not doing. You know, any of you shorties out there, quit the game. It's not gonna be fun for you. You're gonna be hitting at two seventy at best. Hey, that's not that's not. Hey, Abraham answers five foot six, and he still is up there. But I'm just saying, that it's a more of a natural handicap for you. It's. Just, I was just backing you up. I didn't. Oh, I didn't well, actually yeah. believe that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's go to the next topic here. Majestics.
1: Early in the season, right? Yes. Yeah. They finishing I, in a cellar.
0: You know, they're just not they're not putting together. How are you feeling about the Majestics now? i man. You know, I'm a Majestic fan, and it's sad because they have they have a great social media game. I think that the only team better with them at social media is the High Flyers, because you can tell that Phil Nicholson actually has somebody else outside of Live running it for him. Um, but uh, the Majestics, man, they're looking really domesticated right now. I mean, they're. They're, and they're falling apart. It's, it's, uh, it's sad because, like, you know, they already have Sam Horsfield out for the year, which, you know, Sam Horsfield is a pretty good golfer. Um, Lori Cantor for Sam Horsfield, it's pretty interchangeable. I, would, I think that they're about the similar level of skill. So that wasn't really a hurt so much as it's just like, an, you know, it's, it's an inconsistency. You're losing one of your players. Um, but now Westwood is having problems. And Westwood hasn't looked sharp all year. He came back with kind of a spare tire and hasn't looked very sharp. I, I, what do you think is going on with that?
1: I'm not gonna, I don't want to say Father time, but I might say Father time. Um, There's just that one time, one day you wake up, and I, I remember l- reading something about Kenny Perry. He just says, you know one day
0: you wake up and you're you're hitting it ten yards shorter. That's true. And Kenny Perry was one of those guys who I, I like that comparison or that, at least that mention, because Kenny Perry, if you remember, he wasn't really even a known asset until he was in his 40s. He was already in his 40s when he was finally becoming known on, on the PGA tour. Which was really weird, because normally, you know, you're already on your back burner. There are some guys who have a resurgence around like 40, 42, but it's brief, and it's because they're playing the under the lower card events, right? But Kenny Perry was one of those that he became like Kenny Perry in his in his 40s. So, you're, I think the only like the only bigger superstar. Well, I mean, not that Kenny Perry was a
1: big superstar, but a guy, for example, who might have even peaked in his 40s, like a Vijay Singh.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we know why V J sing picked in his 40s. Deer antler spray. No, I'm it's good for you. It's good for you. It's I mean, good for you. I mean, It's all natural. It's natural. Sometimes you guys got to spray some deer antler stuff in your mouth. Well, it's funny because he's
1: one of the few guys that got popped for PEDs. Yeah. And then you read it on the whole PGA Tour policy and they don't really test for it. It's almost like you have to self-report.
0: There's no blood tests. So, you know, who knows what's going on out there? Well, it was weird because it was him and Calcavecchia, which to me means, like, again, because the PGA Tour doesn't really have any testing requirements. And because at the end of the day, you can take steroids in golf, but it's not going to make you putt better, right? It's it's not, so what, you might hit the ball 30 yards farther. It doesn't make you chip better, you know? So it's, it's one of those where it's not, it's... Like, is it really gonna help you? I mean, it it may have made Bryson look cool for a while when he was, you know, super, super Jack Bryson, you know, driving the the par fives on at Bay Hill, but it really didn't help his ability to win, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would just I would more liken it to a baseball player. Oh yeah. In terms, because you know, you're end of the day, you're hitting. A ball with an object. Yes, and it certainly helped those guys. It might help not the entire part of your game, obviously, but certain facets. You're hitting out of the rough. All of a sudden, your
0: your Brooks Kepka from the rough because you got you know 18 inch forearms. Who knows? That's a good. That's a good. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. But you're right. I mean, the Majestics are the oldest team out there by and large, um, as far as at least their main lineup goes. They. I don't know what's up with Westy. I, I hope that he's able to get back, get back his game and get solid. Uh, I feel bad for Stenson and Poulter because you know they're 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 playing respectable. They're not challenging or threatening, but they're playing respectable. So they're not they're not C1 Kim in the bottom of the basement every single week. But they're not they're not challenging a leaderboard, and that's very weird to see. We saw them get hot round one in Tulsa, but then they just completely cooled off. And I, I the- got.
1: Yeah, I actually got. I'm actually playing Ping I210s now, because Lee Westwood played them before. Now he's obviously playing the Ping I230s. But the guy is such a great ball striker. Yeah, you almost want to figure out. You know, are the irons part of the magic? So it's it's kind of surprising to me that he's not doing his. Because remember, he was you know a Players Championship a few years ago. Yeah, he no, he was, he was. I mean, this guy 48, 49. He's still out of note, He
0: kind of has a resurgence. Yeah, and it's. He he played great in Jeddah in last year. Jeddah, he was actually on the leaderboard, like challenging for it. They had, you know, they had to keep focus on him for the last few holes. Like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Uh, he didn't do it, but you know, he was playing good golf. So it's just it's kind of weird that he hasn't. That this well, was only like seven months ago. Well, you know? he should have won Boston. He chunked yeah. a lob wedge on his 18th hole was, and yeah. made and made a bogey to not get in the playoff. That's right. That's right. Because he was on like number two on a, like a par three, and then chunked it in. And yeah, exactly. Uh, so I just don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm very excited though about um, Andy Ogletree. I mean, dude was somebody who, if you guys don't remember, played his, played the very first live event at Live London. Uh, because of that, you know, got you know blackballed from every single other tour because that's what they did. And petty, vindictive, right? Two words: petty yeah, and vindictive. Being vindictive, and and it was. You know, he got his money, He got some money, which you know, the money that he got was helpful for being able to keep him in the game. Because uh, any money, when you're a pro and you're not, you know, a winner, is great to just keep you playing, keep you active, keep you motivated. So he got that like bigger payout. It helped him out. He uh, ended up going over to the international series and the Asian tour, saying, "Hey, all the other roads have been blocked. I'm gonna get over here and, and make something happen." He's won twice since then on the Asian tour. He's leading the International Series points right now, which the winner of that, the outright winner of that, gets on live next year. Well, here's another point with that.
1: So he's won twice already. Remember the Japanese player who won four times on the Japan tour and got an invite to the Masters? Oh, yeah. Kazuki Higa? Yeah. So he he was still in the 60s in the OWGR Mm -hmm. because, obviously, now they've revamped it. So it gives less points to... The Japan Tour, unlike back in the day when they wanted to get, for example, Jumbo Ozaki on, but then the Golf Channel saying, hey, because Jumbo Ozaki got into the Masters and didn't do well in the Masters, they think it was too heavily skewed in towards the uh, Japan Tour's favor. So now they vamped it the other way. Guy wins four times, can't get on into the Masters, can't, get his, can't earn his way on. Right, but thankfully what? They,
0: they did at least invite him, but that was right, very weird, yeah. But now you have Ogletree, he's won twice on the Asian Tour. If he wins a few more, do they invite him to the Masters? That's a good question. I mean, there's still like nine more international series events, not quite that many, but there's a lot. And so you're right, like what happens if he goes in a tear? Because he obviously did. Dude came off the bench for Lee Westwood on Sunday and cold cocked a 62. That's crazy. That's how good this guy is, and you're, and you're telling me that... What the heck, man? I mean, you know, I mean, to to shoot a a sixty two is on, on any course is impressive, but to shoot it cold cocked on a course you haven't been playing, under those conditions, dude, that's golf. I think for sometimes when they're determining these fields for these majors,
1: when it gets. Beyond a certain point, and they're handing out these invites, they should have to explain why this guy's getting the invite versus a guy who, you know, might be ranked higher on Tugger or the now defunct OWGR. Because there has to be some kind of transparency, right? Well,
0: and that's why I love um, that Condoleezza Rice is on the board of as a member of Augusta National. Uh, if you don't know Condoleezza Rice, you know former Secretary of State. She actually is a part of the uh, College Football Playoff Committee. Determining that, so she understands the difficulty of analyzing the uh, the unanalyzable, right? Because in 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 football, they only play x number of games, and they don't play. They obviously don't play everybody, you know. So it's very difficult to be able to judge who is actually deserving. She's been a part of that committee since it since it was founded, and she's she's actually a member of Augusta National, and I do hope that she is a part of that kind of committee for like selection for the Masters because. You know, if you if you told me that she had a hand in someone like Kazuki Higa getting an invite, I'd believe you. Because she understands what it takes and what it looks like and, and that all roads don't equal all roads, you know? Well,
1: it's also, yeah, exactly. Because you don't know what type of obstacles a person had to overcome that could show that they actually have more skill than being shown through their performance in tournaments. Considering that, especially now, you have these kind of semi-artificial Obstacle set up by the OWGR.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, and, and, and we're looking at this and saying, uh, you know, oh, this guy is blah blah blah. No, this guy is an absolute stud nugget, and I cannot wait for him to be on a live team next year, a full team. I know he's going to be on a team next year. I just, I just don't know which one, but I'm excited for him. I mean, he's he's looking he's looking good, man.
1: Uh, What's well, going to be fascinating at the end of the year when we have these guys who've earned their way on where they go, and the guys who've Played their way off the Live Golf Tour.
0: Yeah, and you know they talk about relegation and, and promotion, uh, where the bottom four guys are like in a, in a rough spot where they might lose their status. Uh, and then they talk about you know, well, people from, only people from twenty four and up are actually guaranteed. It's a little confusing because I, I don't I don't understand exactly all how it works. But yeah, it's it's very weird how like. They say twenty-four and ups guaranteed, but bottom four are in relegation mode. So I, it, it, there's a lot of confusing things behind the behind the, the, the screens, but they keep it flexible because of just the reality that there's so much moving and still shaping it as far as the history of how it is going to go. So I do like how they're being vague about certain things because it allows them to be able to be flexible with what their decisions are. You know. Well, they should be allowed to be vague because think about how flippity floppity
1: the pga tour has been for example with the fedex cup oh yeah remember when it first comes out the, every year it changes so you're mm-hmm. like well we didn't like the fact that you know vj singh has won it even before the final event we need to add more drama right and mm-hmm. now now they have this goofy system where there's a staggered start or you're like okay i'm leading so i start at minus 10 the next guy starts at minus eight and then the guy who actually plays the best that week might not actually win because of the staggered start
0: which I do not. I do not. I don't like that at all. Uh, it really does create a situation where it's an embarrassment. For first off, if you're the if you're the play, the top player going in and you don't win, it's kind of embarrassing because again, you, you had you had you had a significant lead. I mean, it's like walking into a, uh, it's like walking in with one round down already, and you just already have a giant, massive lead. And Scotty Scheffler lost last year, so a little embarrassing uh, to at least to me. Um, just because, again, yeah. you're starting off ahead of everybody else. Right, exactly. But the whole point is just that it's all
1: kind of made up as they go along, whereas the PGA tries to create this appearance that these, these things are based on science almost. But they're constantly tinkering it, too, because at the end of the day, you need to bring excitement. You need a format that's going to have people watch it.
0: Oh, well, that's why I love TUGR, because they, uh, they actually mentioned, like, hey, Andy Ogletree played, played a round for Lee Westwood. Do we count that round and talk about it for like placement in the OWGR? Sorry, the TUGR, and they say yes, yes we do because he, it's it's a round, it's a round of golf where he played heads up against other players professionally. Yes, so I like that. But we have the PGA Championship coming up this week. I mean, Tulsa was insane. We're super happy for for DJ. But going in, we have the PGA this week. We got 17 live golfers playing. Uh, because Martin Keimer, as you know, is taking a backseat this week. He, he's qualified, obviously, but his body is just not recovered, and we saw that. you know, His, his body kind of gave out the last two rounds, played pretty well the first round, had some opportunity during the round two, but just kind of gave out. body got tired. Um, I understand. Um, going into this, we have 17 players, which includes Mr. 48 himself. Uh, we talked about this on your show, but uh, Mr. 48... Um, so really, live golf has 16 players going. Uh, so of those 16, how many do you think make the cut? Of the 16 live players,
1: because we're not obviously factoring the C1 Kim factor, I would say
0: of the 16, uh, I'm going to go 11. Okay, 11. So if you remember, there was uh, I think there was it was either 18 or 19 that were at the Masters, and I think 12 made the cut. So. I I think that's a pretty fair. It's on par right there. It's on par right. There. Right. Yeah. But the other uh, question is, as we brought up earlier, how many players does Siwon Kim beat? Oof, man. You know, you were saying you were saying uh, dead last uh, earlier, and I don't think it'll be that bad. But amongst touring pros. Because again, there's, there's tw- if you guys don't know, there's 20 people in the PGA Championship field that are uh, PGA American teaching professionals or, or uh, coaches. So 20 of those. Um, historically, they're kind of like amateurs at the Masters. They just don't do very well. Or amateurs at the U.S. Open, they're just they're there. It's part of the tradition. But uh, honestly, amongst touring pros, I think he beats maybe 10. Maybe 10. I, th- I think earlier I said...
1: I think it was eight, but I, we, we also had that little bit of a confusion regarding the PGA of America guys, the, the teaching pros, because I kind of don't count them considering the fact that of the last four years, of the 80 that were obviously in the fields, only four made the cut, so I don't know. It would be awkward though if at some point we see one of them on the range with Siwon Kim giving him pointers.
0: Yeah, oh gosh, oh gosh. How, how awkward would that be um, don't get any cameras footage of footage of that anybody uh, <laughs> now uh you know there's gonna be a lot of opportunity here live has some really hot players going into this though and i'm pumped i mean Dj i mean <laughs> coming off a win this week looking solid shows his memories his memory is in shape what, 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 you think you think you thinking we could see something special here
1: Well, look at this. I mean, I'm going to show you the. I'm going to read through the Golf Digest odds on him, twenty-eight to one for DJ, and he just won the week before.
0: Sounds a little biased to me, especially when you look at Rory McIlroy, who his last tournament he he completely played in. I think he tied for fiftieth. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I mean he's. I mean he's fiftieth, and then he's also missing the cut, and he's withdrawing. He's you know not showing up for elevated events. He's, he's listed at 14 to 1, and this is a guy who also goes into the Masters, one of the top picks, misses the
0: cut. So, yeah, I, I'm just, I don't know what to think about that. Uh, DJ to me looks like a huge value pick at that, that number. Uh, the line has to tighten up on DJ. I think it has to tighten up in the next few days, because that's a, that's a huge line to give him right now.
1: Well, I don't know where what, what the Golf Digest is coming up with it. I've got 20 to 1 on Brooks and 150
0: to 1 on Phil. One fifty to one. I do think that Phil is more is more fair at at a, at a high at a high odds right now, only because he's kind of like Rory, at the moment where he's distracted with off field stuff. He's really been digging into these guys about the Taylor Gooch situation, and then also he's been digging into Colt Nost about you know his uh, just you know calling live oh, we're not real or blah 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 blah. And he's he's been, he's been digging super hard in a Twitter beef recently, and I'm. I'm I'm concerned that that's going to and has started to bleed into his game the same way that Rory's litigation fights and being the spokesperson of the PGA against Liv and against the DP World Tour. uh, That takes a toll. It it distracts you. Do you remember this? Do you remember this, uh, the little
1: Twitter beef between Colt Nost and Phil where towards the end of it, Colt Nost is saying like, hey, why don't you come on my show? I'll fly over. And then Phil is like, Nah, thanks. I'll, I'm pretty much good keeping on Twitter. And then Colt knows fires back, very snarky.
0: I'm sure Greg Norman would give you permission. Oh wow! Yeah, you didn't see this? I didn't see that one. I did see some stuff later on where he was talking like apologetically, like "I'm sorry, Phil. I didn't realize." You know that kind of that kind of baloney. But I didn't see that part. That's pretty
1: rough. Well, that's why it's it's in the thumbnail on one of my later video latest videos. But yeah, the actual tweets there where he's saying to Phil Mickelson, legend, six-time major winner that, you know, he, he would have to get permission from Greg Norman. It's, it's insane where I don't know why Colt Nost keeps popping up and wanting to get in these little Twitter skirmishes because, you know, you're this CBS guy. You're supposed to be kind of
0: good-natured, but then you're showing your true nature on Twitter. Very weird. It is very weird. Um, I'm not too familiar with him, but I do say, you know that there's— it's, a, it's always a wacky feeling when you see those guys who were touring pros— that go into the broadcast booth before they're 50, notably before they're 50. So Well,
1: he's only, I think he's 37 now. Yeah. He retired at
0: 34. Yeah, he's kind of like, you know, him and Smiley Kaufman are both players that were touring pro players, that both of them, for lack, for just the reality of what it was, couldn't hack it anymore, and just decided to go in the broadcasting booth. And, you know, I, I hope his golf game is still good, but it obviously, he didn't believe in himself enough to play golf anymore. Just saying. Well Smiley Kaufman is basically like one of the Beatles who didn't make it. Exactly. And that and then you see the rest of them take off and you're just every day is like a hard day. The only player who I think flamed out harder than him was Ty Tryon. Well he also he he flamed out, but he was flaming out was like when he was like eighteen. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's actually like 34 right now. And and you just and you see him and you're like, What? I haven't heard of you in forever. And you're still trying? He's still trying, by the way, but he's like he he hasn't been you know in a conversation with anything in a long long time. Uh, my question I, for you was was he ever David, David ledbetter David What what's the reference there? I I I I'm not familiar with all, that that concept. Did he ever have David Ledbetter as a coach? Ooh, uh, not sure if it's out of my head. Not sure. I don't remember.
1: I am. He did. Okay. There, there's a, there's a whole list of guys that you have. Like I remember the I think his name was David Gosling. He was another guy, you know, he starts off young and hot, but then you have, like, and it's same with Michelle Wade. You have David Ledbetter as your coach for a while. Lydia Ko had him for a while, and it's not your best years. It could end your career. And then, you know, there's there's a whole um, list of these guys who, had they potentially not had David Ledbetter
0: coaching, might have ha- gone into, you know, fulfilling careers. That's very interesting to think about. It, it is it is very funky how, like, your coach or your caddy can play into things. For instance... You know, if you guys don't remember, Joe LaCava is now the caddy for Patrick Cantlay. Uh, now, this wasn't a wasn't a true co- a true quote. It was one of the fake the fake news quotes. And when I say fake, I mean like actual fake news. Like one of the parody accounts on Twitter. He goes, "Joe LaCava said, Well, you know, if I can wait for Tiger to get healthy, I can wait for, for Patrick Cantlay to hit a ball,' which which is not didn't actually happen. But it was just it's a funny imaginary quote to think of. You know. What do, you, do you think uh, Joe LaCava can help bring Patrick Cantlay's game at least to not playing in five-hour rounds? I don't think so because
1: people who play super slow mm-hmm. never realize they pay, play super slow. And also, you look at Cantlay in his interviews, the dude talks super slow. Interesting. Yeah, like I, I never thought of that. I watch his interviews, and the guy talks at, at at best half speed. He's very pensive. So you can only imagine when he's over the ball
0: what he's thinking. He's very think, deliberate. Do you think he thinks in 10 words per minute? <laughs> yes. And that's why when you know
1: people think when you speak that slow and you're that deliberate, people think, oh, you're very deep or you're going to come up with some very profound stuff. He doesn't really do that. He just talks slow. Gotcha. I've, I've met guys like I, I know a buddy who's from like Michigan. And I promise you, I could say a paragraph. I could say six sentences before he finishes his first sentence. It's like six words. He gets out six words, and you're like, let me just finish the story
0: or the sentence for you. I know where you're going with it. No one no one here has time for this. That makes a lot of sense. I just... I'm very curious. This LaCava, if you guys don't know, is was Tiger Woods' caddy for a long time. Before that, he was Dustin Johnson's caddy for a few years, won some tournaments with him. And then before that, he was Fred Couples' caddy during Fred Couples' prime years. So this is a legendary caddy. So we expect Pastor Cantlay to be challenging for events, because his game still is good, despite the fact that we all hate him uh, as far as somebody who destroys people's pace of play, and which which does mess with players' mindsets. Um, he's still a great player and somebody that I think, if he gets in the right group, can really mess up a ma- another major. Because he messed up the Masters pretty good a- earlier this year. Well, what's
1: about. amazing about him is, remember when he was the hero to Bryson DeChambeau's villain? Oh, and he yeah. was he was patty ice, couldn't miss a putt, everyone loves it? Yes,
0: you well, people are everyone so loves him during the president's Cup also because he's paired with Xander and they 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 just can't lose but now I we thought know why they can't lose because... well, I thought for yeah oh I thought for a while
1: that both he and Xander would go to live
0: oh yeah, but the more I think about it the less the less he would actually enjoy live because his game is not tailored to live Live is not tailored for somebody to do that what, what he does, which is slow play down piss off their playing partners because he's you know taken forty five seconds over the ball that's just. Like, could you imagine Pat Perez playing next to him? Pat Perez would probably punch him on the third green. Well, the the lasting impression for me for Pat Perez is when he's
1: walking down the 18th at one tournament way back when, and he snaps his three wood over his leg.
0: Dude, he's a he's a beast. He 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 uh, he's a scary looking dude sometimes, man. He he looks like somebody who hangs out at biker bars and gets and tattoos people on their back when when they're not looking. Like he's he's a cool guy, but like it's kind of scary looking. Definitely, uh, I'm gonna throw this out to you right here. Adam Scott is at plus nine thousand. Mhm. So if you guys don't know, I actually did talk to Digsy earlier, and Digsy as he places bets all the time. I did tell him to put money on Adam Scott. Played pretty solid at the Byron Nelson this past week. Hasn't broken out, but it's definitely been around leaderboards all year. Also, last time I was at Oak Hill, the uh, last, last time there was a major at Oak Hill, he he was in the conversation. But uh, guess who else was in the conversation? A player who should be there, dang it. They should have Paul Casey out there, but they don't. Um, but anyway, that's a different story. Do you I'm, think uh, Adam Scott's putter hangs
1: up? You know, does, does Adam Scott handle his putting demons?
0: I don't know, man. It's a very tough conversation right there. Uh, you know, Adam Scott... Remember, he's one of those guys who still uses uses a belly putter. Um, he doesn't ob- he obviously uses it correctly to where he's not like like anchoring it. That's the only rule. Um, I don't know because he he looked, he looked he did have a couple rough putts, but I think that when it comes to major golf, the nerves are amped up so much more than everybody else, and he's already won a major before. So it's not like he can't win it and won't win it. He's he knows how to win a major. Here's my, I, other question, here's my question to you related to that. You just mentioned
1: anchoring in terms of putting and all the nerves and the pressure for the majors. Mm-hmm.
0: What about the forearm putter where you're, you're locking it to your forearm? Isn't that anchoring to your forearm? I mean, yes, but it's not actually anchoring to your body. And, and so because of how the rules work, it's, it's totally legal. Um, you know, there was a period of time where I actually putted sort of like that. Um, I would basically lock it into my elbow, into my elbow crease and then have the ball in the forward part of my stance with my back arm kind of directing traffic. So you can do that. It's actually legal. We, Bryson DeChambeau does that. Um, it looks kind of different because he grips his putt. He has like a super long grip, and so it goes right into it into his, uh, his elbow crease on his forward hand. And so it's totally legal so long as it isn't your chest, which is – Well, don't – Weird. Yeah, don't hold me to this, but I, re-
1: I do recall Xander Schauffele, who's a good putter, switching over to it, saying it was better, and that he thought it should be
0: illegal. It, it, if, if it feels... Putting is so freaky, though, because sometimes you just change something for one round, and you're like, oh my god, this feels good. I like this. This is unbeatable. Next day, can't hit up, can't make anything with it. So, when somebody talks about a certain putting style being indomitable or off the cusp, just insane... I'm always I'm always debatable about that. However, Bernard Longer is still winning on the on the senior tour. So and he and he was uses a a belly putter. So maybe there is something to it. I don't know. But well, he's using the straight up long putter, and if he's not anchoring it, he's not anchoring it by half a millimeter. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's why he's been called on that several times. But I also don't care because he's 66. Shut up. You know, know it it is amazing. This guy is like. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure they that they feed him like baby's blood behind closed doors to like keep him out there playing. It's just it's insane how good how good he still is at his age. That um, yeah, that's what Peter Thiel is doing. You trade out your old person blood for young person blood. Oh gosh, yeah, just just go find just go find you some you know some some of that some, of that, some of that donated twelve year old blood and just get out there. <laughs> this got dark real fast. I know, we're not being serious, <laughs> folks. This is this is not you know this is not a. Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the preview show to be able to find you a, 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 um, a new way to live your life and live younger. No, we're not doing that. We're talking about betting. And speaking of betting, so my boy Digsy, you guys don't know, he's been putting money on Rory McElroy for every single major since the last time that he won. He keeps on doing this. About every single major, he puts money on, on Rory McElroy to win. Rory McElroy is not won yet. Digsy is not putting money on Rory McElroy this time. So he, so he's, he's very scared that Rory's going to win because he didn't put money on him. What do you think? This is hilarious.
1: It's like not playing your favorite lottery number for, you know, you've been playing for 30
0: years and then the one time you don't. If you don't play it now, you're going to lose your mind. Yes, and so he's, he's not placing money on Rory this week. Now, Rory is not coming in with any kind of form that would make you want to bet on him. But at the same time, he's super nervous. He's puckered up. I bet you that Dixie has a hard time playing. If Digsy finds out on Thursday that Rory McElroy shoots six under on the first round, he's going to lose his freaking mind. That is
1: I mean, crazy. honestly, I honestly
0: feel like I should bet on Rory now just so that I could show him the stub later. Oh, dude, you should. Oh, my gosh. That would be the most hilarious <laughs> Twitter war ever.
1: Like, hey, well, bro, I also, dude. I'd also be like this too. I'd be like, "Listen, Jake, don't, Jake, don't want to hang with losers." <laughs> oh,
0: wow! <laughs> That's the hammer, right? Oh no, snap! <laughs> <laughs> you killed me over here, dude. Oh my gosh, no! Uh, yeah, don't, 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 don't fire back at him. He's already be hurting enough if, if Rory does win. But, <laughs> but no, it's it's gonna be crazy to watch. It's gonna be crazy to watch. I. I personally, out of of the live players that are going, right, Bryson DeChambeau finally looks in form. Finally. And I'm so happy to see it. I I was giving him a pass for this whole entire year because if you don't remember, his his dad had passed on before this, uh, back in November. So for those of us who remember, like golf, they talk about Mother's mothers on Mother's Day for golf, but real talk, you notice it was only like a few players. And a lot of it's because when you're a golfer, like the special connections with your dad usually. That's usually the person who introduced you to golf. That's usually the person that you play golf with. Golf between a, a father and son is very special. Uh, we see it with the, with Tiger Woods, you know, running off and, and hugging his kid on uh, on the Masters win. We see it where he, where twenty years ago he hugged his father, and you can see that whenever they whenever the player hugs his father, it's a validation of your of your mastery of your craft. So. You know, when we're seeing this, when we're seeing that his father passed on, you know it's a big deal. And I was giving him a a pass for this entire year because of that. Seeing him play so well in Tulsa made me very happy. I think he's back. I think he'll be contending. I don't think it'll be the week for him, though, but I think this is his best chance at a major in a long time.
1: But also remember that Bryson's dropped his his Cobra deal, so he's, you know... Now, you have to find some new clubs for yourself. You're tinkering with everything, and your body's changing back to non bulky,
0: non monster Bryson. So now you've changed everything. Bryson's very funny to me because he's somebody, you know, we talk about Brooks Kepka being the complete alpha male. I think of Bryson as the complete adaptive male. And what I mean by that is that he, he very frequently seems to me to be somebody who adapts his body, his personality. To whatever he's hanging around if he enters a room, you know, there's some people that the room change the the room swaps to be like him Bryson swaps himself to be like the room and what I mean by that when he was hanging hanging with all of the uh, long drive players He made himself become physically and mentally a long driver And we saw that big bulky boy, you know getting thick putting on you know crazy muscle mass for no reason and then now he looks a lot like he's Charles Howell III's younger brother. It's hilarious. Yeah.
1: He's, he, he could basically be, uh, you know, um, star in Batman. He could, he could
0: bulk up for a role. Who's the actor? Christian Bale. He could be yeah. Christian. He's the Christian Bale of golf. He is the Christian. That's a very better. That's a better comparison. Like I wasn't hate. Uh, by the way, that's not negative Diggs, what we're saying. Diggs, did you hear that? That was a better comparison, Jake said. Oh, whatever. Stop that right now. Stop that right now. <laughs> No, so Paul Casey actually is playing. So good. I am just happy to see Paul Casey in the roster. It's hard to it's hard to remember who qualified and who didn't get in. Paul Well, with, in. with
1: Paul Casey, I didn't want to. I wasn't sure, but I do recall that he got in. He's he's not in the top one hundred on the OWGR, but it's because he couldn't play last year or something like that. He had an injury, so they
0: extended it, which was weird to me. Hey, I'm okay with that. Whatever he gets in, he gets in. So cool. At least at least the PGA has a heart. PGA of America, right. you know. Uh, so you keep an eye on him because he's a, he's a he's a silent assassin when it comes to getting up there on the leaderboard. But Brooks Kepka, what are you thinking? You thinking he's going to keep his form up? Yes.
1: I, I mean, I was a. Until the, the last Live event last year, I was like, whoa, Brooks Koepka is nowhere to be found. Right. All of a sudden, he beats Uline in the playoff, and I'm like, okay, signs of life. And now after the you know the first few rounds of the Masters, actually, when he was going lights out the second round of the the Live tournament he won this year, yeah, Orlando. I was like, oh, I should, I should put some money down. I was like, oh, and I didn't. And then he was winning. I was like, oh, sh-, you know, the, the odds were... You know, really, really good before the, the Masters. If had you got it during that live time, and then when he didn't win, I was like, oh, I, I saved myself a hundred bucks. <laughs> but, um but yeah, I mean, this guy. Remember, four majors. He's won four majors in a in a, in, a, in in a time period where Rory hasn't won any. Rory hasn't won a major in like nine years. Yeah, which is insane to think about. You know, and obviously- but but. It- Yes, you have Jordan Spieth the same way. You have all these guys that were like the golden boys. You get all these Golf Digest articles that come out like,
0: is this the next Tiger? He's on a faster pace. And then just silence. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to the transition that happens in golf. And we talked about this earlier. Um, in golf, there's a, there's a jump, right, where you can be unknown, be silent, be not really talked about for a long, long time. And you can even win, you can even win major championships and still not be – what we call a celebrity or superstar golfer. Uh, and if you can keep yourself from becoming a superstar golfer, it's actually in your best interest. Because once you become that superstar, it's very difficult to keep your game up because so much all of a sudden is no longer in your control. You have sponsorship things you have to go do. You have hosting events that you have to go do. We saw that with Gooch. Gooch was a guy. Now he's, the, now he's one of the guys, and it's, it's very difficult to transition to that. That's a different role. Than- Can I give you a good example of that?
1: Please. 90s, Mark O'Meara wins two majors yes. in, the, in a year in his 40s, so he, he was never going to be you know, the Ricky Fowler because ideally you know, you're, you're doing this when you're young and you're, you're fresh. Oh, O'Meara does it, and then he, by his own admission, just took every opportunity that came his way. So you're scrapping your game, you're scrapping the, the, you know, the range time, and it's just
0: a money grab. Uh, same with Um Same with uh, ooh, um, you know, John Daly. John Daly's a great example. You know, once he became a celebrity, he had no chance anymore because he just didn't know what to do. You know. Well, John Daly is the guy who, I mean, he, one he's probably the guy. one, of, he's the
1: one guy, of the most su- one of the most supremely talented guys of all time. I followed yeah. him in the Thailand Open. I was following him like ten years ago. Alone, I would walk nine holes with him alone, literally just me, him, and his caddy. No yeah. one was following him there. But, I mean, the guy is still 2-iron, 200, 270 yards off a downhill lie onto the green par five. I was just like, the guy could still do everything. Yeah. Um, you know, so you got these supremely talented guys, but it's all a matter of you, you only have X amount of energy. There's, a, It's a game of, of degrees. There's like a 1% difference between the guy who's 50th and 1st. And so now you're giving up all these advantages because you're, you're distracted so on and so forth,
0: that the other guy who may be not as talented as you but is more committed, he may eke out the extra couple strokes. Question to you, is this, the, is this finally the major that Waco Neiman breaks through on? Because Waco Neiman, Waco and Mito are both extremely talented, and it's, fun, it's so cool how they're both really good friends from the same background, from the same country, both in their prime at the same time, but Mito has had better showing in majors than Neiman has. Is this, is this finally the chance for Neiman to break through? I thought
1: that Neiman would have won at least once by now on the Live Golf Tour.
0: I, yeah, same. And, same and he,
1: so he was in the playoff. Remember, he was in the playoff yep. in Boston that DJ won. And someone sent me, and I put it in one of my videos, someone sent me video of DJ making that putt. But, but what they don't show you in the Live Golf or, or any other angle is Joaquin Neiman... He looks like he took a punch to the stomach it hurt him so much he yeah. hunches over when the putt
0: goes in well rather and he does because I mean nobody expected that eagle putt to go in nobody expected well, that the, eagle it was going a thousand miles an hour too it was it was I mean it was it was either
1: going in the hole or it was going 40 yards off the green right no it was insane so he little but usually you, you kind of have a stiff upper lip about it you know you just take your hat off and shake the guy's hand he's
0: he's doubled over like someone sucker punched him. Well, do remember that Joaquin Neiman's like what, 22, 23? Yeah. Very young, very young. So, I, I, I had expected him to have a, an individual win on Live. Um, I'm glad that Torque has had an actual win on Live. That's special to me. I think that helped his mental pressure a lot. Um, I, I of the two of them, Mito or Joaquin, they're both they're both similar as far as their skill level goes. They're both kind of streaky, you know, they can have a week, they can not have a week. Joaquin, to me, has more consistently better weeks than, than Mito does. I think their good weeks are similar as far as skill level goes, but I think Joaquin has more frequently better weeks. Oh, I think I would always, you know, Joaquin's always been the more,
1: kind of, more highly viewed between the two. Mito had the one, the PGA Championship, which, if anything, left him with a ton of scar tissue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? When, by the time you're like, he, he hits in the water, he hits his third off
0: the green, and you, you know he's not going to chip up and down. Oh, because, well, I mean, that, 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 he, try, he tried to hit a stinger on that shot. You know, you could tell from his follow through, which, you know, if you want to ever hit a stinger, all you have to do is just basically hit the drive, but don't follow through. I know that's weird. I, I didn't believe it until I tried it, and that's what he was trying to do. When you, when, you, when you see that, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to just hit a stinger down the fairway, but he shanks it into the water and you knew after that hit it was uh 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 it was over i threw up at my mouth
1: it 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 was he does that but remember the day before he birdies he's one of the few guys who birdied the 18th yes so i was like okay this guy's got everything going for him but then it was just about you know putting both hands on the wheel and holding on and just too
0: much oil leaked out right at the end do you think Mito comes back with a fire this year or do you think he has so much scar tissue that he misses the cut that's tough. You know man. what? That's a
1: tough. You no, know, but you know what? I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna say this guy. This guy is supremely talented. He's got. He's a. You know. He's a great ball striker. I'm gonna say he makes the cut. It's all water on the bridge for him now. He's still got his buddy. But the awkward thing about the PGA Championship last year was that Joaquin, they're interviewing Joaquin Neiman, and you know he's on the 18th and he's all excited to be able to hug his hug Mito and congratulate him. Right. And then it's like disaster. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's horrible for Mito, but it's pretty bad for Joaquin as well. And they shouldn't have interviewed him. They should just let it, let it play out. Give it 15 more minutes so that we all know what's going on.
0: Well, and what, if, what what's, it, was CBS, it was CBS that was doing the broadcast, wasn't it? I believe so. CBS does that way too frequently where they interview people before the match is over. Earlier this year, um, what was his name? Sam... Uh, Sam uh, Four stroke lead Yes Four <laughs> stroke lead With like With like seven holes to play But Max Homa Is heating up John Rahm's heating up You know And they're interviewing his mom In the middle of the fairway They pulled her Inside the ropes And have her down the fairway Watching this And they're interviewing him Like he Like her Like he already won And he goes And blows it Literally jinxing the person You're literally, literally Jinxing the person Same thing with like This whole new thing that Liv I guess is Maybe introduced it where they interview players as they're playing? Well, Liv doesn't really do interviews while they're playing. They wait till after the round's over. But they have the sideline reporters who are interacting with them. They're free to interact with them. There you go. So but that's they, what I'm but, saying. But they're not interviewing
1: them. They're, well, you, you had, um, I think it was, I don't know if, like last year, I remember, Paperez was doing well. I don't know if he was, he's speaking to Bubba Watson and then he's not doing well.
0: Well, And there's like a, and that was during, I think a rain delay or or some kind of delay where, uh, yeah, he, he pulls over and Bubba interviews him and he's like, no, my game, my game sucks. It's it's effing, you know, it's gone. And and then all of a sudden bogey's like five straight holes. I'm like, you were 500 par. What the heck happened? Well, they did that to Rory
1: this year at the masters where they're they're, They did it. The players with another, guy. I mean, he, he, whoever they interviewed at the players, he didn't have an adverse effect, but the question is like, who wants to be talking when you've got these super tough shots coming up? Yeah. And you've got to be pitting. more holes
0: back off. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Wait no, till after weird. the round. Wait
1: till after the round. It never happens in any sports. You don't, you don't have a guy in baseball. All of a sudden you you know, it's the sixth
0: inning. You guys are doing great. Are you, tell me how, what it feels like to be on the mound right now. Yeah. They never pull LeBron off the bench, you know, during, during the third quarter and say, your team's up by 25 points. How do you feel today? You know, they never do that. Yeah, it's just, this is an odd trend, um,
1: and I, I don't think it's going to last longer because people should say, hey, this is not the time or the place
0: for it. Yeah, and you're hurting players' play. Like you're, you're jinxing players. You're messing with their mindset. You're causing problems that shouldn't cause it, and all you're really doing is causing really embarrassing and awkward moments for people during a very important career situation for them. Their career is dependent upon this result, and you're putting a microphone in their face while it's going on. Imagine Mito wins that PGA. He gets all the,
1: you know, passes into all the majors for the next bunch of years. And that was a, that, And he obviously would get a bigger payout from Liv.
0: Yeah. Well, not only that, but uh, he would have probably joined Liv before the President's Cup. I think. I think. Now, he hadn't played the President's Cup yet, so he might have stuck around. Because that's, that's the truth. That's, that's what Mito and Munoz both played the President's Cup. And they probably would have joined up sooner, but they wanted that opportunity to play at least one President's Cup, because neither of them, I think, had played. Um, and I think they found out, hey, big money is worth more than playing for free. Hey, Yeah, look at Will Zelotoros. <laughs> no, he's the poster boy. Well, yeah, he's, he's the poster boy for why you take the bag when the bag is there. Hey, good night. Yes, oh, 100%. So so what? So if you had to bet on three players, we've talked a lot about the gambling odds for the PGA. Uh, Oak Hill's a tough course. They're gonna have the PGA is not the U.S. Open, so they're not gonna have it set up to be just murder face golf. But you know, don't it's not gonna be a cakewalk. They're not gonna be shooting thirty under par. But who are you taking? Who you, who's your five that you just say that like, bring it on, let's go. Well, I mean,
1: you have to say right off the bat, you. I'm gonna say Brooks, DJ, yes. Cam Smith. Those are three right there. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then the, the the questionable one is like the other two, um,
0: you know. If you're being live live loyal, that you I throw Reed out there. I, I think Reed's going to be available there, but then the fifth one you have to bet on is John Rom. If you're not betting on John Rom, you just you're, you're well, not here's, making a smart choice. there.
1: Here's what's with John Rom, and this is a good point you brought it up. I see Golf Digest. He's seven to one odds. This is a little bit. I mean, completely different in terms of. Um, the, the, the quality of the field. But like the Mexico Open, he's the overwhelming odds-on favorite. Yeah. But the, the value is not there. And remember last year, he was also after the third round of the U.S. Open, he was leading. Um, yes, he's, he's, he's fixed that. Now he
0: just, you know, won the Masters. Well, if, I, if I'm correct, wasn't his, there was some tournament. Was it the U.S. Open where he got pulled? He was leading the, uh, an event like winning an event and not just like leading it, but like beating the crap out of some uh, of the people. And they pulled him from an event because of, uh, of a COVID test. Oh, he was like seven
1: strokes up. And then I think
0: it was either Chauflay or Cantley won it. it. I think it might've been the Memorial. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. And, but it, that to me pissed me off so much because golf is the most social distance sport there is out there. <laughs> I mean, if, the, if you, if there was one thing that you learned from the full swing documentary it was that golf is a socially distant sport. You don't have friends outside of like in the live context. You don't, You all you have is your caddy who's basically your wife while you're on tour. Right. And no, it, no. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah.
1: They, I mean, they, they could have, they could have had a workaround. Hey, you play alone. You were going to win this tournament by seven strokes. And also remember that Rom, then a few weeks later, again,
0: tested positive. Yeah. Which, you and, know, all they were doing at that <laughs> point was just cock him at that point. That's all it was. Yeah. And and, well, and the PGA Tour owes him an apology for that. They really do. There was no apology, and he he didn't get any money. Yeah. So in, in my opinion, the PGA Tour should retroactively award him a win for that for that event. That would be the that would be the to me to me as a fan looking on. That would be to me the fairest thing that you can do. Because why the hell are you testing him mid tournament? Are you kidding me? Mid tournament, he's leading, and you're and you're going to pull him from it for a COVID test just make his caddy pull the ball out of the hole right no so I mean and it, and it turned out
1: later and you don't want to get into the whole you no, know final analysis it, but but yeah no but in the analysis but now in retrospect I mean there's a lot more question marks raised in the big picture oh yeah we can just, we can just leave it at that but and now if, that. You're going, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about picking Rahm, you might as well pick Scheffler as the top five or you know what I mean Scheffler I mean there's a, there's a clear hierarchy but I'm gonna say that you're going to obviously put Brooks,
0: DJ, and Cam Smith on form all up there as well. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, those five, if you're not picking those five or at least thinking those five, I have a heart. If, if you tell me right now that those five, one of those five, is not in the top three at the end of the week, I will be shocked, appalled, and confused. Shocked, appalled, and confused. But we'll hit, we will see. It starts this week on Thursday. I'm going to be watching the, the coverage like crazy. And I know you will be as well. It's going to be a heck of a war. Um, guys, we've been going for quite a bit today. It's been a lot of information talking about. I've had a lot of fun on this podcast. I always do. But, you know, it's been. A, thank you so much, Big Boy Pants, for, for being our special guest uh, host on here. Because we, need, we need, it's, it's fun to have a conversation versus just me just rambling for 45 minutes about God knows what. Um, so thank you for being on here. Please, guys, like I said, we're going to be posting links and posting uh, stuff in connection with his videos on our channel be able to make sure that you guys have access to his stuff as well. This guy is fun to talk to. He's fun to be around. You guys will like his stuff. Make sure to check him out. And as always, guys, big boy, take us out. Folks, as I said before, it's an honor and pleasure to be on this
1: show. What I want you all to do, maybe start up your own YouTube channel, get big enough that Jake and Digsy want to hang. It's worth it. It might take a few years, but make it happen. A journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Peace out. Guys, have a wonderful night. And as always, we'll see you next week.